Hello, my Amazon selling friend. Have you ever been worried about Amazon suspending your selling account? It's time to relax and know the facts. There's never been a better time to be a seller online. And we've got all the info you need in order to sleep easier, knowing that your online biz is safe and secure. Today, Jim invited Cynthia Stein to join him to talk through all the details. Here's your host, Mr. Jim Cockrum. Let's talk about Amazon suspensions. Yeah, that's right. As a seller on Amazon or any other platform for that matter, it is possible to get into some trouble and lose your account. Doesn't that sound scary? Well, here, let me just drop a few facts on you first before we go too far. Today, just like yesterday, just like the day before, and just like six months from now and two years from now, 99.9% of all online sellers were rocking and rolling, business as usual. But from time to time, some of us do run into some trouble and we need some help. And that's why we call our good friend, Cynthia Stein, who's joining me on the call today. Now, just so you know some facts right up front, 95% of the time, that's the industry statistic, 90 to 95% of the time, if the worst case scenario happens and your account is suspended, you'll get it back if you do things the right way. And no, this isn't us just trying to sell some services. You really do need to know what you're doing because after having seen literally several hundred suspensions and helping sellers manage their way through the process, we've picked up on exactly what Amazon expects, what they want to hear. For example, did you know they don't like really long, drawn-out explanations of your side of the story? No, they want you to get right to the point. The people handling suspensions at Amazon are very busy. And yes, Amazon is on our side as sellers. They want to serve the buyers and sellers of their community, but they're also dealing with a lot of what Cynthia calls bad actors. And you need to stand out from those bad actors, those people who are intentionally breaking all sorts of rules every day, trying to get away with everything they can. Now, that's not you, but if you get mixed in with them from Amazon's perspective, that's not going to go real well for you. So how do you stay clean and prevent suspensions? How do you get unsuspended if it happens? And some of the best news, how do you get insurance in case you lose some of your income while you're temporarily suspended? Those are all topics on today's show. I think you're really going to enjoy it. I'm going to get Cynthia on the phone right now, and we're going to jump in and have a great conversation about preventing suspensions, recovering from suspensions, and the insurance that you should have if you're selling online. So let's get Cynthia on the line. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cynthia, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. So great to have you as a guest today. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, it's just awesome. We spent a little time getting caught up before this call. And, you know, just to sum it all up for the listener, because this is a hot topic, you know, suspensions and Amazon. Is Are they going to suspend me? If I do get suspended, can I get back on? And what should I and shouldn't I be doing? And I heard so-and-so got suspended. You know, there's a lot of talk. But at the end of the day, there's really not a whole lot of bad news. If you're doing things the right way, there's opportunity everywhere. And the bottom line for me is even if you get that worst case scenario where you're suspended and you can't get reinstated, guess what? From my vantage point, there's still opportunity everywhere, even with Amazon. We've got creative partnerships going and all kinds of great stuff. But today, the specific topic is let's help people prevent 
themselves from being suspended, identify some maybe some risky behaviors and some of the things that you're seeing and why is Amazon all worked up right now about this issue? And, uh, you know, from my vantage point, this has always been an issue. I mean, I remember Cynthia, I don't know, did you sell on eBay? How far back does your selling experience go? Let's just start there. Okay, I started on Amazon in 2010, and I actually got into it because of Chris Green. And so I've done a little eBay on the side, but I'm really right. mostly an all Amazon girl when it comes to a seller, and I'm most I'm all FBA pretty much. Yeah, you know, those of us who've been, and you know, so you've been doing it for a while now. I mean, you know, that's mm-hmm. no joke, 2010. But going back even about 10 years earlier than that, those of us who've been doing this even longer, if you want to see scary, eBay was scary. Now eBay, <laughs> you get suspended on eBay, you just can't log in anymore, and you get nothing. No response, no interaction, no appeal process, which is what you're just an industry leader at that process of in a very legitimate way saying, okay, here's the next step you should take when you're facing an issue that might lead to suspension. But we're actually quite blessed now with the way Amazon is handling things currently where they do allow us to interact and appeal and state our case. And that's where you're really, really good. Uh, You've even got a book suspension prevention. And right off the start, and I promise I'm going to let you talk, Cynthia, but I was just so excited about the offer that you had for our audience. Well, you're, if you're a proven Amazon course student, if you've bought the proven Amazon course, Cynthia is giving you her book. It's in there. It's content. It's called Suspension Prevention, the full downloadable PDF of the book that's sold everywhere. It's a great book. We've endorsed it forever, but thank you. That's awesome. And take the floor. Fill us in. Where, how do things look from the vantage point of preventing suspensions right now? Okay, So I'm going to talk about both. So first of all, I just want to say that in our house, we find that most of our clients are able to get back on the platform. And if they're not, usually there's a really good reason. And so for the most part, our clients are sellers who have made a mistake, who didn't understand Amazon's rules, or who just you know, just didn't know that they were doing something wrong for the most part, or Amazon changed the rules on them, which happens a lot. And so suddenly they've been doing great for years and they've suddenly run afoul of a new policy or a change in policy. So, you know, I tell people, most people that come to us get back and that, you know, that's the good news. Yeah. What percent? I've tied you down to a percent a few times before. What just, you know, approximately. I would say 95%. That's awesome. Yeah. The ones who don't get back, usually when they come to us, we already know they're a hard case and we tell them so. So, you know, we do take very hard cases on, but the fact is most of our work, most people who get suspended are, um, like I said, they've just want to follow the rules because they've either changed or they just didn't understand them. And, um, and so a lot of times we can get people back and then, you know what, there's also, um, there are other things like I talk about in my book, you know, dirty seller tricks, things like that. We're seeing a lot of that with copyright infringement right now, where it's actually competitors who are abusing the platform that are bringing seller other sellers down. And and so we're able to get those guys back too. It just takes a little longer and, you know, and stuff like that. And so I guess what I'd like to talk about today is bad actors, because I want everyone to know that Amazon is very much aware that there are bad actors on the platform. Yeah. It, it, Amazon's not the enemy here. I think, you know, that's... That's kind of a theme when we start talking about who's the bad guy. It's these bad actors intentionally all day, every day, just gaming the system in a very illegitimate way. And they know. 
that that's what they're doing. Yes. And and so, you know, when I've talked to, you know, contacts that I have at Amazon, some of them have said, you know, 70 percent, you know, right now are coming from, you know, China, Taiwan and, you know, deliberately knowing the rules, breaking them and things like that. So these bad actors are causing a lot of heartache on the platform for sellers and for buyers. And of course, Amazon cares a lot about the buyer. And so they and then they've also had some major brands leave Amazon because of the counterfeit issue. So they are very motivated to fix this problem. And so some of the things that they've done to fix it, however, are causing problems for sellers right now. And um, and so I just wanted to briefly go over what these are. And some of them are just brand new and you can expect to see more. But one is account verification. So for every new seller worldwide now, this used to be in the UK and Mexico, but now it's everywhere. New sellers have to go through a strict verification process to make sure they really are who they say they are. And, you know, this was something the EU originally uh, made, uh, had them do because of money laundering issues. And, you know, it was a law in the EU, but Mexico also for the same reasons. And now Amazon's doing it worldwide because what they discovered is that some, a lot of these bad actors can't pass verification because they're using fake addresses, fake names, you know, and so they can't pass verification. So that's like one of their new ways to keep out bad actors who keep, you know, creating new accounts. And then um, another thing that Amazon's looking to do is what we call pay to play. So what they're doing now is they're making, they're charging fees for sellers to get into certain categories, for sellers to even open up new accounts in some countries. Like in China, they have to pay a fee just to apply and things like that. So we're going to see more of that where, you know, again, for a serious seller who's in it to play this game, you know, who's in it to win it, this is not a problem, right? Yeah. None of this is an issue. If you're a legitimate seller and you're just trying to sell your products on Amazon, none of this should make you nervous at all. This is just some of the stuff they're doing to keep out, like you said, the bad actors. Great. Now, brand gating, we saw that start last fall and that's where certain brands were shut down. But what they did with brand gating, which caused a lot of confusion in the seller community was um, a lot of it was based on your current position with Amazon. So for the first time in their history, they started sorting out sellers based on, uh, you know, like really good sellers who like never give them trouble are, you know, weighted better than sellers they seem to have a lot of problems with, right? But they never did that before. It used to be, it didn't matter if you'd been there for 10 years and being a great seller and never had a problem. They would shut you down the same way they'd shut down some new guy who was a bad actor, right? And so that has changed. And so we saw this play out in the brand registry in that some people were asked to get, you know, approved. And others weren't. Right. And they were right. a lot sell. Yeah, we saw that play out on Facebook. People come in, well, okay, yeah, I guess Legos is a completely banned item now. And we're like, uh, we're selling $800 of Legos a day. Uh, no, it's not. And we didn't have to do any approval process. It's just, we're, right. you know, so we saw a lot of that playing out. Uh, yes. to where there's no ban. If anyone says, hey, I've got a list of all the gated brands. No, they don't. It's still across the board random. Some people are in, some people aren't. And there are a handful of products now. Like you just, you know, they've completely pulled back, but it's yeah. just a tiny handful. Right. And it really depends on how much counterfeit issues they were having. Right. So Nike, a lot of counterfeit problems. And so a lot of people had to provide invoices and get approved. And here's the thing. It's called brand approval. So what that means is, Anybody can get approved as long as they can provide the documentation that Amazon requires. And so a lot of people have been approved. We've helped people get approved. And so, you know, even when they're asked for invoices or whatever, what it's saying to some, though, is that you really need to be buying, if it's brand-gated, 
you probably need to be buying from a, you know, a legitimate authorized wholesaler versus a retail store. They rarely allow retail receipts. I have seen them if you're buying from the Nike outlet, but again, they've not been consistent with that or coach from the coach outlet. It really gets down to how much of a risk they think you are. Like if you're a good seller, you have a good record with them, they're more likely to say, okay. And then other sellers are like, mm-mm, gotta be invoices. Same yeah, it, it's almost, it's like playing the game. You know, why would Amazon keep you around if you're being a pain in the neck all the time? If, on the other hand, you've got a great reputation, you're moving a lot of product. Yeah, you can get away with a little bit more, maybe. But that's kind of the way it should be, you know. But at the end of the day, the thing I keep in mind, and I want to talk about insurance soon too. I, yes. We can't forget to talk about that. And I know you've got several other things to say about bad actors. Um, but at the end of the day, with this insurance we've got coming, which will be, we'll have information on that in the show notes. If you go to silentgym.com, Cynthia's book, the insurance that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, all these other resources for today's episode. But at the end of the day, 95% chance of getting reinstated if you are suspended. We've got insurance to cover your income loss if you are. So I just want to make sure that, at least for me, I feel very positive about the future outlook, especially those of us who've been doing it right for a while. And if you're new, yes, now is a better time to get in the game than two years from now because there are some barriers to entry that are going up. Right. And so, yeah, get in now. I agree with that because when I talked about the verification, you know, all of us who are already in are grandfathered. So they're not coming back to us unless there's a problem. And like, if you get suspended, I suspect they're going to start verifying, you know, but otherwise it's just newbies, right? So that's good news for those of us who've been doing this for a while. Inauthentic. We've seen a ton of those. Inauthentic take get downs are again, part of the whole fighting counterfeit process because inauthentic doesn't mean that you're selling counterfeit. It means that you're buying from a source they can't verify, which means the goods could be stolen or they, you know. Or counterfeit or, yeah. Yeah. And, and so they have to be able to prove to their brands, to their buyers, they have to be confident that these are really legitimate goods, which is why they don't like, you know, liquidation and other sources like that because they can't trace it back. And so they don't know, you know, is that a legitimate Mattel Barbie doll or is that a counterfeit, right? And so stuff like that. Of course, suspensions, that's always been a tool in their toolbox. The seller segmentation that I talked about is one of their tools. And then international prosecutions. So Amazon has been pursuing sellers and they've been suing them. And so uh, to the best of their ability now, of course, there's some countries where they have no Right. And but we have started to see them sue bad actors. And uh, this is a trend that I predict will increase in 2017. And what I would say, having seen a lot of sellers accounts, the difference between a bad actor and, you know, someone who's suspended for inauthentic or, you know, kind of the, the normal reasons is profound. So bad actors, you know who you are. Right. Most people listening to this podcast, you're not in that category. I mean, you were telling me about some of the people you met. I don't know how much detail you want to go into, but they had hundreds of Amazon accounts and they're just churning and burning, you know, getting in there, selling counterfeit, getting it shut down, next account. I mean, those are the bad actors, you know, you listening here, trying to obey the rules and trying to do things the right way and and sleepless nights over, do I have the right receipts? It's going to be okay. It is. It really is. Right. So that is definitely, you know, Amazon is trying to help us and it seems like they're always wielding a big stick and it is new things that we have to adjust to, but the end result will be that they will reduce these bad actors. And that's only good for all of us because these bad actors, I mean, I've seen the sellers on Facebook complaining that they have, you know, 20 Chinese sellers that just started on their account selling what must be counterfeit versions of these products for 
you know, even selling their own private label product, they're like, how is that even possible? And they're having to spend time trying to stamp them out and get them off their account. So I will add one more thing that's positive news for sellers, especially private label. If you are willing and able to give Amazon an exclusive on some of your products, um, you will be able to keep other sellers off your brand. It's it's like brand gating. And so there, that is worth it, um, I think, for some of my clients. And I have clients who will create a special version of their products just for Amazon. And then they'll sell other versions of their products on their own website, eBay, things like that. So in that way, they can comply with Amazon's requirement of exclusive but uh, get and get the full benefit of it. And still, if they wish to sell in other channels, they're just merely selling other products, right? Very, very similar, but other products. And so that is a program that I think everyone should look into if they're having trouble on their private label listings with a lot of people jumping in. Obviously, if you're not having that problem, I wouldn't do it. They do take a fee. Amazon always charges for everything, right? But otherwise, um, that is an option that we have now that we never had before. So, and I think we're going to see more of that. We're going to see more options for sellers to prove you know, that the other guys are selling counterfeit and to be able to kick people off. Yeah. All things are trending in a really good direction from my vantage point, the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've always been a multiple income stream community here. There's several ways to benefit selling on Amazon. And a lot of the newbies start off with online arbitrage and retail arbitrage. And yeah, that's a slightly a riskier category, especially, you know, one of the things you just don't want to do, for example, is go to a Goodwill and find a box and think, ah, that looks new enough. And you Send it in using the only backup you've got is your goodwill receipt, and it looked good enough, so you sell it as new. You know, that's probably too risky. You're playing with a ticking time bomb there, you know. But with the insurance we've got coming, maybe that's a good you know, segue. You know, I think some sellers are going to get a little, they're going to get bold. Um, it, but don't try to twist the rules in your favor, don't game the system, be very confident in your receipts. You know, if but if you're going to a major retail brand store, major retail store, and you're getting very nice, new, clean product. You know, we're still doing it. I'm still in. I feel confident enough in the insurance and the system that Amazon has. We're not doing a ton of it, but we're still doing it. I am more excited about, like you just mentioned, private label, wholesale. We've talked about all these things in previous episodes, Mm -hmm. but I'm not moving away from these really high margin, great opportunities. Just uh, from everything I'm seeing, I have no reason to move away from it at this point. I know some people are, um, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. I guess it's because it's a tiny risk and the income replacement is there. You know, the backup plan I always have, Cynthia, as well is there's just so many people I could partner with. If I can find good inventory, there's a hundred ways to sell it. And, And before I turn the mic back over to you, you know, one other thing that I'm always keeping in mind is Amazon isn't ultimately driving the show here. Consumer demand is driving the show. For example, on the Nike issue, let's say Nike, worst case scenario imaginable, and it comes down to the point where only Nike corporate can sell Nike on Amazon. So everything's now retail. They're the only seller. Maybe there's two or three approved sellers. I know Ugg Boots did this for a while, right? Only a handful can sell it, right? Well, that tells the consumer... If you want a good deal on these products, you're going to have to go elsewhere. And they figure it out. And wherever that elsewhere is, is where the shoppers are going to go. And that's where you and I can go. Don't sell counterfeit product, obviously. But I think if Amazon squeezes the gates too tight here, eBay stock shoots through the roof. And guess what? You know, our eBay sales are going up. The last several months, we're seeing a lot more activity on eBay because people realize, hey, you know, if the good deals aren't on Amazon, maybe they're on eBay. So ultimately, at the end of the story, we as sellers win no matter which 
direction this goes, as long as we keep our options open. Right. And and I would also like to point out, um, there is a way to get approved to sell these brands. Like a lot of people think, oh, I'll never be able to sell Mattel direct, or I'll never be able to buy direct from Hasbro or, you know, any of these brands. And the fact is, it's not true. Yeah. You don't have to be huge. You don't have to have a million dollars worth of inventory purchase power to get approved for these brands. Yeah. And so I have clients who go to the toy fair every year and they have meetings with these guys pre-scheduled and they buy inventory. I mean, there were people who were just thrilled this year with the Hatchables. Hatchables, because they bought, you know, thousands of them legitimately direct from the brand, not retail arbitrage. And and so they had no trouble with Amazon. They had no trouble selling their product. And of course, they still had product when other people couldn't get it. So yeah, they yeah. did a killing at Christmas time and they did it the right way. We've got in the Proven Amazon course, we've got a course actually. Now, I don't know how many people use this strategy this past year, but we have plenty of people setting up major buys at these big trade show fairs and the uh, mm-hmm. consumer shows. And they're doing it Virtually, meaning they register for the event. They don't actually go. They book appointments after the show as an attendee that couldn't make it and just have the phone conversations. So, you know, don't, I just want to make sure people don't overcomplicate. Yes, face-to-face is always awesome. But any vendor that's at one of these shows, if you say, oh, couldn't make it to your booth, not going to be there, couldn't travel, I'd love to talk to you on the phone afterward, they'll take your call or even before the show. Why not? Mm -hmm. So, you know, be aggressive, get out there. Don't take that first no as an answer. Dig a little deeper. And I loved, I didn't even know until you just told me the Hatchimal thing. Yeah, why not? Go straight to the wholesaler. Go straight to the source. Right. And my client bought February of 2016. He bought the Hatchimals. So at the Toy Fair, right? That's when he made the decision and et cetera. That's awesome. And so, um, and they, they delivered it later, right? But he, that's when he made the decision. And so think about that for people. I just tell people to think about this ahead of time because so many of these sales are seasonal. Like if you sell candy, it's they're, they're six months in advance. It takes a lot of time, right? Yeah. Toys are the same way. But so there's also like things like pre-shows and other places that are maybe less expensive than going to New York where you can meet the vendors too. Um, I'm lucky. I live in Dallas. We have a market center. Basically, every brand comes here at least once a year. And so if you want to meet someone, you just have to do a little planning. But anyway, we're getting a little off topic of suspension. suspension. I I do want to say about the insurance, um, I'm really excited about it because it is Lloyd's of London. And that is one of the the most prestigious, oldest, most well-known insurance companies in the world. They insure very difficult things to insure. They understand the situation. Yeah. It's it's so <laughs> legit. Yeah, Ashlyn's actually going to be a guest on this podcast if she hasn't been already by the time this episode airs. Just yeah. so excited. Well, I won't give away her thunder too much, but I will say that I have talked to her about it and I think it's going to be great news for sellers. I think they're really thinking it through properly and carefully. And so I'm excited that, you know, to be able to offer this to the community now to say, hey, you know, there's insurance. And so I think it's a great deal. Yeah. Good news everywhere. You know, I can't think of a lower risk business model. Business is risk. It always has been. That's why you get paid. If you manage the risk well, you make a profit. You serve Mm -hmm. your customer while managing the risk, right? Well, the ability for us to manage the risk just keeps, the bar keeps dropping lower and lower. You know, this insurance is just another thing where you couldn't offer me a job out there anywhere that's better than the security I think we have online. Now, if you're a one-trick pony and all you're doing is selling your one widget and all you have is Amazon and that's it, 
No, that's why we talk multiple income streams. But the risks of the worst case scenarios are just not as scary as they used to be. Yeah, so I'm super excited about this insurance. And there's a link in the show notes. Go to silentgym.com slash podcast. Find this show right in the show notes. A link to go sign up and investigate getting suspension insurance. It's actually income replacement insurance for online sellers. It's not just Amazon. I don't, you, you probably knew this, Cynthia, but it's eBay and any other platform that you sell on. If you were to lose your account for some reason, they provide income replacement. So that's just super cool, super cool stuff. I think that's great. Yeah, and that's exactly right. So again, for the multi-plant, you know, multi-platform seller, this covers all of their, you know, risk. And that's awesome. Yeah, business, it's basically business continuity insurance. And I think it's, it's really amazing. They finally brought it to e-commerce. I love it. And for the newbie too, you know, they base it on your last three years of results. Well, maybe you're new. Like you've only been selling on Amazon for a short time. You don't have three years of results to go on. They're giving you a ridiculously low premium. And let's say your business really takes off that first year, you are getting a steal for yes. income replacement because the income replacement is based on recent results, right? right? So they're covering you on a ton of potential income for just a few dollars. So the newbies are really getting a nice deal on this. I mean, those of us have been around a while and can do the math and figure out if it's something we want to do, which I think you're crazy not to do this, just from having seen the random way that these suspensions can happen. I mean, you've seen it. These just perfectly innocent, like, how did this happen? I just got suspended and it takes four weeks or six weeks. I mean, you've seen businesses go out of business because of the cash flow headache. And this yes. this policy, very reasonably priced, takes care of that. Yes. I mean, I that's one of the things that breaks my heart sometimes with a complicated case where it's taking Amazon a long time to decide or they keep saying no and we keep going back because we're very persistent. But then, you know, they're so upset. They have to lay off employees. They, you yeah. know, they, they can't make the payment on their loan from Amazon. I mean, there's things that, that come up that just can wreck them. You know, cash flow is the lifeblood of a business. And so... This insurance, yeah. you know, is a, just a terrific idea. Uh, so I can't cool. wait to see all the details. I know Ashton will be talking about that, and uh, I know it's coming soon. So um, I, yeah. I would suggest everybody sign up to get notified when it's out and look into it right away. Well, I, I love that it's also going to cover the suspension reinstatement process, like the services that you guys provide. That's covered in the policy, so that's pretty cool. It's like you take insurance policies now. How's that feel? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And, um, you know, basically that would be great. I mean, I, it'd be like, uh, you know, if your car is wrecked or something, you know, yeah. In fact, they would insist just like a good insurance company would insist that you don't try to get reinstated on your own, but that you work with a professional because in their minds, if they can get you reinstated faster, it's less they have to pay out in your income. Right. And so they've done the calculation on this and their goal is to get you reinstated as fast as possible. So, you know, we think that's great, obviously, and we're very excited about that, you know, to basically, I hope, work with them. Well, I'm sure you will. You guys are industry leaders. I mean, it's it, they're going to be working with you for sure. I almost guarantee it. And uh, we've been beating them up, asking them all the hard questions. And we're both still very optimistic about where this is heading. I can't wait to see it. But well, we uh, like I said, we'll have Ashlyn on the show. She may have already been on the show, depending on when this records. I'll have it in the show notes. I'll let you know what episode that is, listeners. So you can go check out the uh, episode about insurance. We're talking with Ashlyn. But let's talk a little bit more about what the landscape looks like for sellers. Okay. 
are there any risky behaviors, just flat out things that you're like, oh, everybody should know, please just stop doing X. And if only more people knew this or stop being so nervous about this, everyone's way too worked up. You know, what are some of the big trends you're seeing that maybe could either put people at ease or make them more prepared to be effective? Yeah. So there's a couple of them that are really still problematic for my clients. And so I would say to everyone, avoid asking for product reviews. Okay, Amazon has really come down hard. They've changed their policy over the last six months. And they've basically said the only way you can get product reviews beyond organic product reviews on Amazon is to use their Vine program, which most third-party sellers can't even have access to. That's only for people who sell directly to Amazon. So, so far, I heard that that's actually coming to sellers, but I don't know when. So I get people every day who contact me either to say, well, what about this? What about that? What if I do it this way? Or I get clients who tried to do it a different way or tried something else and they got suspended for it, right? And so what I would tell people is there really is no way around Amazon's rules on this one. If you are selling a product at a discount of any kind, do not ask them for a review, period. (laughs) That's it. Now, can you ask people who buy your product for review? Yes, but you can. Don't do it if you if they got it at a discount. That's the bottom line. And so I tell my sellers, you know what? Focus on sales, not reviews. Reviews will come. They just won't come as fast as you like, but they will come. And focus on selling a good product. So that's one thing because we still see suspensions every week for manipulation of the platform. Um, and, and I've been talking about that for a while. The other thing is just lately, there's two things that have come up lately. One is um, selling NFL and other major league licensed products. That's been an issue since 1999 on eBay. <laughs> I mean, the yes. NFL, NFL, NASCAR, Major League Baseball, I don't touch them with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, exactly. And so, but here's the thing. There are things that people don't realize are NFL. Like, I, I had one woman, bless her heart, she was selling Valentine's, NFL Valentine's for kids, right? Yeah. right? You know, that you give out in your classroom. And so that was his... I mean, it's not funny, but it was funny because, of course, she never thought of it as, oh, I'm selling an NFL licensed product, but she she is. So just FYI, it means anything. (laughs) And I agree with Jim. I would just avoid it unless you are buying directly from an approved manufacturer. And there are approved manufacturers. Uh, The NFL and others will have those on their website. They will tell you where you can legitimately buy it from. And I do have clients who buy from the major leagues all day long. And they're buying legitimately. Yeah, but don't grab retail. Just avoid it. It just, yeah. Don't buy retail. Do not. But if you can buy it direct, then it's okay. And there's another thing, too, um, that I recommend that people do, which is I would really recommend that people who have private labels get brand registered. So because there's a lot more benefits that are coming for people who are brand registered. And I was so I'm always surprised at how many of my clients sell private label on the platform and they're not actually brand registered. So I put that out there. And also private label brands who are brand registered, they don't have to provide invoices to get ungated in a category. So there's another way to get um, you know, category approval without having to have invoices if you're private label. So that's some good news. People don't always know that. And Which uh, I'll just throw something in there. Our uh, new proven private label course, if it's not out yet, as you're listening to this, it will be very soon. Go to provenprivatelabel.com and 
we've just got some incredible, exciting stuff in there. So, you know, it is the next step in maturing your online selling presence. If you've only been doing online arbitrage, retail arbitrage, maybe some book selling, some of the easy stuff, you know, that takes some hard work. Private label is a good next step once you're ready to advance. And we have some people that just start there. It's just, it's not complicated. I think it was made overly complicated by a lot of the stuff that's been taught. I think we've got a really solid, proven, simple system. Yeah. And we'll go into all these details with folks in our course as well. So I'm really excited to be launching that here very soon. But yeah, what else you got for us? Okay. And then um, we did talk earlier a little bit about copyright infringement and about the, you know, kind of the bad actors in them. Yes. But I will tell you that Amazon, in recognition of this, not only are they going after some of these bad actors, you know, we have seen them, their first volley out the gate was that they basically are now allowing sellers to appeal these copyright infringement cases, which they never allowed before. So previously you had to just get the, the, um, the brand owner to retract their, you know, their claim. Right. And so if somebody was doing this as a tactic, well, they were never going to retract it. Like a competitor. So we had some very bad acting competitors who would go in and accuse you of copyright infringement, even though they weren't the copyright holder. And now you're left trying to defend yourself. And if they refuse to retract the accusation, you could find yourself suspended. We've seen that with some of our folks. And you're saying that's starting to reverse. That's awesome. Yes. So Amazon is taking steps where they're going to listen to the other side of the story. Before, the only way you could get them to listen to the other side of the story was if you hired an attorney to provide legal documentation. And honestly, sometimes you still have to. But at least now they have a process. They have an email. There's a place to go to appeal if you feel you've been unfairly targeted or you've done your best to work with the brand owner and they won't work with you. So that's some really good news. I'm also hearing rumblings that, you know, Amazon may be getting ready to do some takedowns, some legal takedowns of some of these companies, just like they did for the ungating guys. Yeah, I remember when that happens, when, what, a year or so ago, when all of a sudden all of the ungating services, which, by the way, we never endorsed, all of them vanished overnight. You're like, where'd they all go? Well, they all got very sharply worded letters from Amazon. <laughs> yeah. And right. I will say with those on gating guys, most of them were faking invoices. So right. it's good that, that Amazon did that. And, you know, we never did that. We never faked invoices. And, um, you know, the only way, I mean, we still do on gating. We never had any problem with Amazon, um, but we just do it um, for private labels. We don't do it for people who need invoices because my feeling is if you can't provide three legitimate invoices, I'm not going to help you sneak by, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, the ones that were shut down were using template letters and the same fake invoices repeatedly. I mean, they were just asking for it. Amazon dropped the hammer. Yeah. But you're saying another hammer is about to drop on who? Yeah, it's going to drop on the, the companies or the, the people who file repeated claims um, against other sellers that are bogus. The IP claims, right? Yeah. So this might be, there's some, there are some companies that do this, like they'll do this for sellers. You pay them and, you know, they go file all this stuff. There's also, like I said, bands of lawyers. I've seen groups of lawyers that do this. And they, again, they're filing copyright infringement claims on brands they don't even represent, which while not illegal in this country, you, anybody right. can file a lawsuit for any reason. You don't even have to represent the company. It's still obviously not right. And so I can't tell you how many brand holders have been surprised, you know, brand owners have been surprised to find that somebody's filing claims for them on the platform. 
because they sure aren't benefiting from it. So Amazon is going to be coming down on some of those. I expect to see lawsuits. I hope to see some PR about it. I don't know if they'll actually announce it. Like with the ungating, they just did it, right? They didn't put out a bunch of news. It was too complicated of a story really to even make any sense to anybody except Amazon sellers probably. Right. You know, we may not see much publicly, but I think what we'll see is some of these companies will just disappear overnight. Kind of go away. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, everything I'm hearing on today's call, I mean, it's, it's a nasty topic and you at times are the bearer of bad news with some unfortunate folks who, you know, are the exception, but I'm hearing a lot of really good news. I mean, the the worst case scenario, when we peek into that closet of the worst case scenarios as an online seller or an Amazon seller, there's a way around, through, over just about every possible scenario. If you're doing things the right way, don't game the system, you know, know the policies. You've got to go grab Cynthia's book, the suspension prevention book. If you're a proven Amazon core student, it's free, which is so generous of you. Thank you for doing that because I know it's a great seller for you, but we'll, uh, we'll stick that in the proven Amazon course content area. But as we start to wind down, I unfortunately got to go. We'll have you back again real soon though, Cynthia, because this is awesome. But any final comments for the listeners, any final advice, or do we leave anything important out? I guess the only thing I would say about suspension prevention is it's really about paying attention to what's happening in your account. So to you don't ever want to be suspended, right? And so the best way to avoid that is to really, I would say every week, this is what we do for our clients. We have a get clean, stay clean service and we do this for them is we have them look at all of their their buyer messages, whether it's from an email, a seller review, a, a product review, uh, or even returns. We look very closely at why people are returning products. And by paying attention to what the buyer is actually telling you in all of these different methods, a lot of times you can head problems off at the pass before Amazon finds out about them or you know inquires about them. If you see a lot of problems starting to gather on a particular listing, you think, hmm, I think I need to fix this. Something's going on. I don't know exactly what it is. But if you look into it, usually it's something that can be fixed pretty easily. And in that way, you can keep yourself off of Amazon's radar. So people will learn more about that in the book when they get that. But it's just that is probably the number one thing you can do every week is just look at your account and pay attention to what your buyers are telling you, because that's what Amazon's doing. And that's how they're bringing you down is they're they're paying attention. They do all those keyword searches and stuff and looking for trigger words. So so that's my, my tip of the day. That's a great tip. Yeah, pay attention. And the book tells you where you should be looking in your account, what you should be looking for, where the red flags, some of them are a little hidden. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's, a, it's just a great book. And I'm so grateful you're giving that away to our listeners. Hey, listeners, I hope you appreciated today's show as much as I enjoyed it. I just feel awesome about the future of being an Amazon seller, which I am. It's only one of my many income streams, but we're very active. I've got my team and my family in there every day doing this stuff. So I'm right there with you. And yes, I've been a little nervous at times, but I've never felt better about the future at being an Amazon seller and the whole suspension issue. I've literally never felt better than I do right now. Now is the best time. And if you're looking to get started, I tell you right now, there's only two good times to start an Amazon business. I'll tell you five years ago or right now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like planting a tree, right? You know, there's only two good times to do it 10 years ago or right now. So you get in the game. If you're not yet, we're here to serve you. We love doing this sort of thing. Can't wait to hear your feedback. Go to silentgym.com for all the show notes and links and details from today's show. Thanks again, Cynthia, for your valuable time spent with us today. We'll have you back again real soon. Okay. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia. And listener, thanks for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm your host, Jim Cockrum, and we'll be back again real soon with another great episode for you. All right. Talk to you soon.